Welcome to Rossi on Wrestling. Today we have ourselves uh, an interesting event to say the least. It is WWE Fastlane 2019, by far the worst pay-per-view name in the WWE calendar. Oh, it's bad. It is, and that is my tag team partner in the podcast fair. That is Billy D. Billy, how you feeling on a fast lane night? Much better, much much better. No, uh, no worries about my uh, bodily fluids today, so that was good. Yes, yes, you can tell there is no female on the podcast. There's no Din in this corner or in Din's corner. I was trying to come up with something on my own time, but anyways, we we had ourselves a very interesting night. Uh, for, to no be Din a on the table. Yeah, well, there you go. That's not bad either. Um, but we're going to run through Fast Lane 2019. Uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between. We're going to run through it in chronological order. So let's just kick off in the kickoff show. Um, I actually watched the entire kickoff show. It was only one hour. And the first thing that was very striking to me was Sam Roberts' hairline. But the second thing that was uh, interesting to me was that there yeah, was no— he's a weird-looking no, dude, man. He's a weird-looking he dude. He is. Uh, the first thing was they. There was no uh, Andre. Uh, uh, I can't say his name Andrade. anymore. Andrade versus um, Rey Mysterio. That that was taken off the show and then added into a now four way, re- uh, basically a uh, rematch from SmackDown Live. Uh, so instead, on the pre show, we get the new day of Big E and Xavier Woods versus wait Rusev. A second, wait a second. Wait a second. So I tuned in for just that. The pre show was an hour, and that was the only thing on it. That was the only match on the pre-show. Oh, so I didn't miss a damn thing. Holy shit. Yeah, you didn't miss nothing. If you saw that, you missed nothing. You just missed some backstage shenanigans where Kofi Kingston was about to head out and join the guys. And instead, he was told to stop. The Vince McMahon wanted to see him to talk about the championship match tonight. And, yep, we had the match. So New Day defeated Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev in a rather bland match. But you, everybody got their moves in. and. Fine. Yeah, and, and like you said, I know you're a big Xavier Woods fan, so he got uh, his moves in. Biggie, I, I think he's a star, and you know it was good. It was it, yeah, it was fine. It, it got it, it passed the time. A little bit of Lana interference, still supporting that boot. So it's funny, Lana and Becky Lynch are the only two people that are still injured from the Royal Rumble. And man, those injuries are carrying a long, long time. Uh, it, I mean, the the pre-show now that it started started at six. It started at six o'clock. Yes. Holy shit. So they're asking you to go almost five hours on a shitty pay-per-view. I mean, there were yeah, some good a, matches. But yeah, it's crap. a B-tier pay-per-view, though, like overall. And you're oh, right. Like and a, guess what? It's a C-tier pay-per-view. Okay, fair enough. But we're four weeks away from me. I, I am getting so uncomfortably like uneasy on how long WrestleMania is going to be. And I, and I have no idea what the weather is going to be. This isn't New Orleans when I'm in a dome or Orlando where it was like 75 and beautiful or Dallas where it was also indoors. This is going to be in New York in the middle of April and I'm probably going to be outside in, let's say, even 50 degree weather. That's going to get cold. Yeah, good luck, buddy. Um, I know. Here's oh. my thing and what I want to ask and I want an honest answer. Over okay. under... WrestleMania, I'm putting it at six and a half tag uh, team matches. Six and a half. Ooh. Well, that you know, what? I'm going to answer your question, but I do want to say when as we're about to dip into the card here, the main card. The there first were eleven time, tag matches tonight. <laughs> there's only nine matches, but the first ever night where there was three tag team title matches in the same night. That's one. And then there's three fucking. This is the first time there's been three tag team titles. I know, but my point is, you had three. So that's three tag teams, and then we had another tag team match in there. It's like whoa. And then there was like a handicap kind of tag team match. Yeah. So there was basically five matches that involved tag teams. Which, and this is a company that like craps on tag teams and doesn't really care about them. But uh, I'm gonna say at WrestleMania, would you put at six? Six and a half. Six and a half. I'm going to take the under, or I should push, because I bet you there'll be another one of these weird schmas like <laughs> uh, like two-on-one, uh, which isn't officially a tag team. But let's jump into the main card, and it kicked off with a tag team match, and probably one of the weirdest endings ever. You had the Usos versus Shane McMahon in The Miz. Action-packed matches. Great I, you've, match. you've said it since day one. The Usos day are one-ish, for- down since day one. You really are. I don't know what that shirt really means, but if it means it, Billy D has been a fan of the Usos, yeah. then before the Usos were cool for the second time around, then then yes, that shirt is for you because they are just money in the ring. Oh, they tell a good story every single time. Tonight was no different. The only yeah. thing different about this match from any other match I've ever seen, it was the fucking ending was terrible. Hold on, before we get to the end, before we get there. So you had the Usos versus Shane and the Miz. I thought that it was some, really some, a lot of pandering for the audience with the Miz. Like, so over the top with the whole Cleveland thing. Like, the Miz hasn't been really, like, 
liked or, or I guess the word crazy enough to say cool in a long time. Like he's gotten over, but it's because he's kind of a snarky dick. This is like feel good Miz, like people cheering and like loving him. Bizarre. Bizarre I think it's situation. Mainly, he was very over tonight because it was his hometown, I think, in another town. They might not buy this Miz is a you know super white meat baby face yeah so this was the if you're gonna do it the only time to do it i'm just baffled by the hold on hold on but but, but, hold on before we get there let then you have the the i think the moment of the match and maybe you disagree i think for me was you had shane mcmahon setting up to go coast to coast on i believe was jimmy uso jay uso then gets on the opposite rope above his twin brother and miz is in like the drop zone for their little samoan splash so i'm thinking to myself right at that moment what are they going to do? They, I thought it was going to be a cool little look where Shane hits the coast to coast. Yeah, Jimmy I thought they were going to go to the other side. Of yeah, each, or like know. Jay hits his, like they both hit their moves and then they fight. Instead, Jay comes off the top rope. Shane just goes for like an odd coast to coast, diving his body across the ring at Jimmy while he's in the air. That was a dangerous spot. It looked ridiculously cool, but like it's kind of scary at the same time. Yeah, similar to the spot we'd see at the uh, Mustafa Ali Brian match. It was one of those just oh, like boy. train wrecks in the middle of uh, the air. Um, is, is that Desmond right here? Yeah. Oh yeah, Desmond is. He was quiet throughout the entire event. Downstairs chilling. He goes, "Oh, the mics are on. Here I come." Oh man, what a superstar! He knows. He knows when the spotlight's on, man. He really does. He's always the third man in. But uh, eventually he comes down to the Miz trying to, you know, goes over to his father, like gives him like his father, like hulked him up in a sense. It was bizarre. <laughs> he gets up to the top rope, goes for one of the worst looking fo- frog splash I've ever seen. I get I we know why he was getting the knees up, roll up. But he just poorly like he almost looked like he was going to like do a pencil dive. Like, you know, when you jump in a pool and Jimmy rolls he him up. He did a great cross body, though, from the outside. That was no. that was money. No, that yeah, that was you're right. That was great. He he didn't look bad all the time. This was just an awkward setting. And then yeah, yeah. Jim, Jimmy rolls him up after it took a little while there too. And the Miz they lose the match, unfortunately, but really fortunately. Uh, the Usos hold on to the tag team titles, and then the Miz and Shane are having one of those like long like oh man, we we ju- we almost had a man like shucks. They go over near the Miz's father. And he's kind of like, ah, it's all right, guys. Like, who, first of all, who cares about the Mrs. Father? But Such a weird-looking dude. And Elias made fun of him. <laughs> yeah, which was, that was good. <laughs> Great. Um, and then Shane just bl- hits Miz and then just starts pummeling the Miz and then, like, grabs the Mrs. Father by the face looking like he was going to kiss him or something and then, like, shoves his face back down, just continues to attack the Miz. The father does nothing, just stands there, like, with his hands up, like, come on. Like, wh- why isn't he jumping over? If you want to make this emotional, jump in there. Get in there. Go save your son. But this, I don't know. I, I don't understand Shane attacking the Miz. They're going to, now we officially know this is a WrestleMania match. Well, we don't yep. officially, officially, but no, you know it's going to be. Yeah, it's uh, Shane McMahon has entered the territory of The Undertaker in Triple H, where for some reason he has to have a match at WrestleMania. So that's two matches on the card that, oh. I mean, I love The Miz, but I've said this probably since the day we started this podcast and the story start, the storyline started, that this is just going to be a waste for The Miz at WrestleMania. Hopefully he'll get a real title run after this out of it because he jumped to Shane know, at WrestleMania, but this is ridiculous. I ne- you know, I try to come in it with a positive look, but this is it for the Miz to be the face and Shane McMahon out of nowhere to be this evil heel. Where like all the McMahons are heels, that's like all they ever do is be bad guys. So like we actually had this Shane character was like okay, like it, or what led him to this, and I cannot wait for them to explain it because it's going to be stupid. Like the fact that the Miz was the one who was supposed to be in the main event of the Best in the World tournament, he couldn't compete. Shane jumped in. It would have. It's hand. It's written. Then he, so he coaxed him into being his tag team partner. They actually won the tag team championship. Now they've lost twice in a row. It's perfect time for Shane to be like, I'm, or, I'm sorry, the Miz to be like, I'm done with you. you and that was you, such a long time ago. I know, such but, a but, long time the, but the story would make sense. The story has been building for like four months. And, but like now, it doesn't even make sense. It's like as if they they a, wrote a story and then they just crumbled it. Like I can only imagine why Shane is mad at the Miz. Oh, because you cost me a tag team title that I never even or like a tag team that I never even wanted to be in in the first place. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I just we we knew, and this is why I'm not mad about it because we knew this was coming. Huh. We knew that this was eventually going to happen and that it was going to be bad. And as usual, you know, despite one or two 
good storylines here or there. They didn't take any time to make any plan, any seed of anything where you'd be like, oh, maybe he'd be mad about this. It's just, you know, he's going to turn heel and then we'll find out why after or we won't and it'll just happen. So, like, I had no expectations yeah. for this, so that's why I'm not upset. So In fact, now I lowered ha- my expectations for this immediately when I was like, they're going to book him at fucking WrestleMania. So now you have Shane and The Miz going at it. What it would be nice is, and to add to your six and a half over under number, why don't we get Miz and his dad versus Shane and Vince? Oh, God. No. Now that screams kickoff match. This should be a kickoff match. match. All right. So then we jump into the, uh, well, actually, then did we have Elias, one of his 15 appearances tonight? Was he next? I can't even remember exactly. Yeah, he did the you you won't age well or something because, you know, the way your dad looks. So Beautiful Yeah. Elias, this is what I like about him. Just in vignettes. Just have him come out. What they did with him tonight, great. So this is one of his three appearances. That's right, folks. Three appearances. Then you had Asuka defending her SmackDown Live Women's Championship versus Mandy Rose in a match that you can't consider a squash, but I think the perfect timing for this. I never looked at Mandy Rose as a real threat to Asuka's title. I think this match was kind of... You know, poorly put together. Oscar had that great win against Becky Lynch against the Royal at the Royal Rumble, and then we really haven't seen her. Then out of nowhere, Mandy Rose beats her, and now Mandy Rose is like a title contender. Okay, but Oscar basically wipes the floor with her in six minutes forty seconds. Uh, I liked it. I like. I don't like the Sonya Deville Mandy Rose potential split stuff because yeah. Sonya Deville was doing everything she could to kind of help Mandy Rose win the title, and then she slips. That was kind of a unique thing. Something I don't think we've ever seen. In WWE history, someone slips, kind of, on the the folded-up apron. I thought that was kind of unique. It was fine. I mean, the match was what it was. I wasn't expecting any home runs. You know, it was just one of those things they had to get Asuka out there because she'll probably have a match at WrestleMania. I mean, oh, she just will. looking. I mean, I know she will, but just looking at the sheer amount of titles, they put out like an Instagram post with all of them. Oh, on I there. saw there's this. Like, there's like nine or ten now, so that's ten matches. The- that Instagram uh, post. That Instagram post is like, imagine if we were going to like Night of Champions. That didn't make sense. To know that that's like the amount of titles you have on any given quote Sunday, and then you also are going to have like feuds around that. Like you're looking at, especially for WrestleMania, we're probably looking at matches. Yeah, that's exactly the number I was going to say. So, ugh. but yeah, so Oscar does beat Mandy Rose, which I think is good. I don't, you know, I don't. I like Sonya Deville and Mandy as kind of this unit, especially where we need more women's tag teams, especially where it looks like Mandy's now out of the title picture. Um, I, I, maybe it will add to some good, you know, in, in fighting, but keeping them as a team. This Not- is the problem with having two women's tag, well, two women's titles and one woman's tag. There's not enough heels and baby faces to go around everywhere. So the storylines are lacking and they're recycling the same people and the same people have to interfere. And you had Naomi fight Mandy, which was a huge feud a few weeks ago. And then it was just a throwaway match. The woman was trying to steal her husband. She was trying to take her husband and she doesn't even care anymore. So it's just one of those things where you can't have two men's tags and one woman and you can't have two women's tag two two women's belts because there's not enough women to go around right now you know they called up all of these women i mean all of these men like how many people have been called up in the last like month and a half oh i know it, it, honestly there's woman, been maybe two nikki cross two, two and women yes yeah. and we haven't seen nikki cross in a heartbeat yeah so get rid of the double tags on on men's side and get rid of the two women's belts it just makes everything simpler to book yeah, so then we get uh, Kofi Kingston backstage just waiting outside of Vince McMahon's office like a little kid not wanting to go see the principal. Big E and, and Xavier Woods come in to snap some sense into the guy as he says, I've been standing out here for an hour. And then Big E just opens the door. And really, are we supposed to believe that Vince McMahon's office is basically a shallow hallway with two love seats in it? Love seats in it? Um, yeah, I mean... <laughs> It's one of those things where... Yeah, this is a billion-dollar company. He's just yeah, sitting on two love seats? They're trying to find... It's the backstage or something. I'm not going to get too worked up about that. I'm just I'm gonna, that. Yeah. What I'm going to get worked up about is Vince McMahon is so bad now. He is so... Like, his acting skills have just gone fucking through the floor. It's embarrassing to see him stutter through every single thing he does now. What they did, though, I loved. I absolutely loved it. it so, was, at it this point... Beautiful. Yeah, so at this point, he tells Kofi, all right, 
You know what? You're right. Biggie. Well, basically, Kofi doesn't say anything. I'm getting so tired of Kofi. Speak up, man, which I think we're going to get to. But Xavier's like, this guy, you, you say you want box office. You say you want, you know, new blood. You want all that. That's right there. That man's been here for 11 years. And then Biggie's like, put him in the match. Make it a triple threat. And Vince goes, all right. It's a triple threat match. But he's going to start right now. Kofi, get to the ring. And at that point, as a viewer, I'm like, are we really getting the WWE Championship oh, right now? I was freaking out. I was like, what are they doing? This is stupid. Like yep. They've already, you know, maybe ruined this, but what Kofi they did comes, yeah, was a Kofi. great swerve, and I fucking loved it. So, yeah, I so Kofi it. comes out, long pause, long pause. This is when you knew something was up. And then the you know, timekeeper, whoever walks over to the announcer, tells him something, and then you find out it's a handicap match, and his opponent is the bar. Cool. Love to see those guys. Two guys that look dominant. They looked great in this. Are they heels, though? Yeah, oh, yeah, they're heels. They're heels? Okay. Yeah. It's a heel spot, well, and they don't see It was a heel spot, without a doubt. So then they basically dominate Kofi Kingston for the most part. A couple of really cool moves by Kofi. Um, at one point, the two um, of the bar, Sheamus and Zara, on the outside, and Kofi does like a weird, like, I don't even know what you call it, like a kick up through the middle rope and like yeah. attack them. That was sick. And yeah, then, a, lot of great, a lot of innovative, great wrestling tonight that we've never seen. That's yes, and there's plenty more to get to. And then eventually, the uh, the rest of the New Day try to come out, and they're stopped by Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev. And eventually, it just comes down to the bar straight up dominating Kofi Kingston to the point where they had him beaten, and they kept pulling him up to say who wanted the pin, who was going to get it, and that is great heel work and it really helps to get the baby face over because even I got to the point where I felt sympathetic to Kofi Kingston well yeah you felt sympathetic towards the guy and they built in another mountain he has to climb before he gets there and I thought that you know we're going to get to it but that he was still going to be in that match and you know if you go back to Vince's words oh that's a triple threat now I mean he probably you know Everything he said probably wasn't exactly true because I'm pretty sure he said he was in the WWE Championship match. But it was just this is the kind of swerves and stuff that I want to happen in wrestling because yeah. that made me interested. I was like, got me, you know what I mean? And it paid off in a good way. And now, hopefully, you're going to get Kofi Mania. Yeah, we'll see. So, yeah, like I said, I think I tweeted out, it's not Kofi Fastlane, it's Kofi Mania. It's a good, good way to build to this story. So then you get into, that was basically wraps up the first hour of the event. Very bizarre. <laughs> uh, you know, it, with a couple, or maybe this match like intertwined in. So then we get to, I think, a really good match. At the time, I thought for sure it was going to be the match oh, tonight. The match of the night until, I mean. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. see. We'll get there. So then we got the revival. It's Dash Wilder and Scott Dawson defending their WWE Raw Tag Team Champions. Oh, wait, not this match. This match was okay. Oh, I thought this match was... Well, Chad Gable and Bobby Roode, and then also defending against Aleister Black and Ricochet. This match had action all over the place. Some of the most ridiculously dangerous moves were happening in this match. These guys... You could tell we're just going to get it. Chad Gable is, and we've talked about him here, was is one of those guys, when he's in the ring, he's not letting anything get by him. He had the most amazing roll-up. You know, he, he does that, like, where he rolls somebody up, then does the back uh oh, suplex, However he gets into that, that, and, like, he, he turns, like, that, like, uh, it's kind of like a corkscrew, like, schoolboy pin thing that I don't even know how he comes up with. That's fucking amazing, too. He, he is. He looks outstanding, and then he's in the ring with Alistair Black, Ricochet, and Dash and, and Scott Dawson. I mean, Dash and yeah, Dawson. Those, oh. those guys aren't nothing to sniff at, and they don't fly around. Hang on, <laughs> I'm hanging. Don't you love that they haven't had an entrance for I don't know three weeks now as the champions S- since they won the tag titles? They haven't had an entrance. And then when they finally get an entrance tonight, that's when they cut away all the, the four announcers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. That honestly, I don't know. It's I almost like it's dying. like a gimmick. I was dying. It was fucking hysterical. We get Fun- We got more camera time for Funaki than Dash and Dawson on their entrance. And then the no flips, just fists. Stick to that. They shouldn't be involved in any flipping. Well, that's the thing. When, they when, almost died. Yeah, when <laughs> Wilder goes up to potentially do, like, it looks like he's going to jump. Like, this isn't his gimmick. And then Chad Gable goes, I'm sorry, Ricochet goes up to, to do something. Then he goes for a hurricane run on the guy, and his body doesn't turn, like, wide enough. I don't know how to say it any better. He goes directly down, almost could have severely harmed his upper body, neck. Yeah, area. He's, like, he's like a and, weeble. He doesn't rotate properly. No. And then Ricochet also went directly down on his neck and it's actually kind of um i don't know if it was serendipitous and that's not the word serendipitous anyways so the both of them actually 
that worked too. When they fell to the ground, they were actually their necks were like connected to each other, and you saw the official. Like, there's times when like we don't really know what's going on, but like the official sometimes like goes over to a guy, touches his hand, they do the squeeze. He went right up to freaking Wilder's face and was like, "Are you, I? I could imagine he's basically like, are you okay? Are you alive?" And then looks at Ricochet like, "Are you okay? Are you alive?" Are you an idiot? Because those guys, that was some dangerous stuff. And then that's not even where it ends. Ricochet does a ridiculous fly over, like he runs from one corner, dives over the opposite corner, but he did it so like right over the post. Like he didn't do like that soaring over where yeah. it goes up a couple feet. He did like a, like a, like a suit kamikaze dive. Oh. Yeah. The only person I've ever seen anything do quite like it was Rey Mysterio in the uh, Eddie Guerrero match that I love oh, from yes. Halloween Havoc. It was similar, but I think Ricochet's was a little more physically impressive. But yeah. it, it was, you're right. Uh, I'm uh, underselling this match a little bit because there were two matches that somehow topped it later in the card. Yeah. And the, but then, you know, and Alistair Black in this match just kicking oh. people's heads off. It was How, great. Howlitzers just. Killing people. <laughs> he, 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 that guy is such a star. And then the, the end of the match, you end up getting the revival to hit the Shatter Machine on Chad Gable. That move is outstanding. This match had about four or five false finishes where I actually, for a moment, didn't know where we were going to go because I really didn't think the revival was going to hold on to this. I thought maybe Gable and Rude would get it again just to kind of give the revival a chase again because fans kind of want them. But I like them holding on to the tag belts. Then after the match, Bobby Rude, a face, just starts attacking them. And then Alistair Black comes in and just starts black massing everybody and Alistair Black and Ricochet they they like walk out as like over and that's what WWE's been doing they're giving these guys the rub there's something much bigger in the future for these guys so what I will say too is this whole night I predicted as Jock like everybody who was a champion was gonna win and they did but in a lot of the championship matches they over delivered like even though this was a major over delivered yeah oh yeah even though you knew who was gonna win you were like oh shit that was a fucking awesome match I think maybe I just got caught up in it I actually started to believe that I really thought Chad Gable and Bobby Roode because I was like they're gonna do something in one of these matches and I just thought that might have been it but this match was only 10 minutes and 50 seconds and I'll tell you right now fast pace excellent action and then what do we go to next this U.S. Fatal four-way, which another, it's just 10 minutes, a little over 10 minutes. Samoa Joe defending his U.S. title against, And how do you say it again? Andrade. That one. Oh, you say it with a little twang, too. Uh, then you roll that R. And then you have R-Truth with Carmella, Rey Mysterio. By the way, the longest R-Truth intro, I think, in his career. Yeah, they added lyrics. It was weird. Yeah, Carmella's singing in there. They went like two or three verses deep. They were going back and forth. I, I was like, how long is this going to be? Not too long, but the match was phenomenal, and I oh. thought there was no way it was going to be topped. And again, we'll get to the other one that fucking topped it somehow. But I mean, these guys just went all out. I mean, it was the definition of a fun WWE match. Rey Mysterio. I mean, I know we both didn't like him. You know, 10, when he had the junior. You know what? There's no ago. bill. We didn't like Rey Mysterio Jr. He's no longer a junior. He's just Rey Mysterio. We like this oh guy. Oh, my God in heaven. Was he on fire in this match? He was pulling out moves that were incredible. And he just, he was going for it. He really was. He was outstanding. Obviously, Andrade every time. Rey and Andrade are the matches that people joke about fight forever. And we've said this. Like, those they guys, can. they can just keep going. To add our truth you're thinking, nah, this isn't going to be good. He Stunt. is, he's like so hot right now and he's great in the ring and he's so underrated. The John underrated. Cena thing, the John yes. Cena thing oh. was fucking <laughs> fantastic. I ate it up. It was great. And then you add Samoa Joe who definitely doesn't fit in the mix with these guys, but then you, it's like having like a, like three scoops of vanilla and one scoop of like, I don't know, coffee, ice cream Pre-teen. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, honestly, pre-workout. And he, it did so great with him. When he did, he did a, uh, a suicide dive where he does a side kind of elbow smash. Yeah. Oh, and all three of them? All three of those guys probably weigh as much as him combined, and he that looked like he devastatedly wiped them all out. I was impressed by that move very much, because he's done that to, like, Brock Lesnar, and he does that against matches with, like, AJ yeah, Styles. There's only, like, four people in the WWE who should be allowed to do the middle rope suicide dive. He's one of them. And then we'll get to the one who can do the lower, uh, the lowest rope suicide dive. But Samoa Joe looked great. They all did. There was the move where Andrade went up for the corkscrew twist on Samoa Joe. Hits oh, that. outside. Oh, God. And then Ray hits him with the Hurricane Rana off the yes. top. 
Oh, the, the, it, the action in this match never stopped. And then you get Selena Vega and Carmella. It was basically kind of a repeat of what we saw on Monday, uh, Tuesday. But they added nice little wrinkles here and there that really made it go to that next level. And I thought the finish was great, too. Rey Mysterio is a ball of fire. Gets rid of Andrade. Sees... Um, Samoa Joe in the drop zone goes up. It's another funny. I, I made fun of the Miz earlier for looking like a pencil dive. Ray does not look like a pencil dive. Literally just belly flops, hits the ring. Joe grabs him like he's a like like uh like when I grab Desmond if I think he's about to run outside. He just grabs him by the neck, yanks him in, chokes him out. Match over. Samoa Joe retains. Yeah, it was beautiful. I thought for a second maybe Ray would win, like a split mm-hmm. second, and then. You know, Samoa Joe would just go absolutely bananas, setting up a good match maybe on SmackDown in a few weeks. But, uh, you know, Joe winning should win. Hopefully they have something good from him at Mania. Maybe John Cena. Maybe. But, uh, no, I would have liked does, for yeah. somebody else to win because I kind of like this. If there's one title that you just have bouncing around, that's okay. Like, we, no one's looking at the U.S. title like it's just, like, really meaningful title. So I, I'm with you. I actually thought for a minute either our truth was going to get it back or Ray was going to win this match. So then we keep having maybe the four of them to maybe lead to over the next few weeks. Every one of them wins a title once, and then we get, like, a title match at, at Mania. I thought that may have happened. Yeah, something like that would have been cool. Also, if you paid attention to Zelina and Carmella, which you should have, oh, they were I both wearing do. the biggest two earrings I've ever seen, which is the <laughs> sign of a, uh, a crazy woman. So, and Ooh. the hoops were giant on both of them. It's like that really new. It's like that new pop song I've been hearing. It's really terrible. It's like Hot But Psycho or something. It's a real terrible song. But I did it not know. It. Big big hoop earrings equal crazy ladies. The bigger the hoop, the crazier the girl. Oh, so if you could put your fist through it, would you say that's the craziest they get? I have, <laughs> I have a bad joke to go along with that. I'll let it pass. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm talking about hoop bearings, you maniac. Uh, so then you get, I believe we got our second uh, Elias uh, performance here. And he's just, you know, trashing on the crowd, trashing Cleveland, LeBron James joke. Uh, you know, he, he, he was pulling out all the stops, but it was so awkward because he just like, ladies and gentlemen, Elias, he performs. And then it just kind of segues out. Yeah, it was fine. I, I mean, I think that's my new catchphrase. It was fine. Yeah, it, stop that's I think Fastlane 2019. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> no, actually, it was. Ba- I think it was better than fine just because of the three matches where people fucking went bananas. They sure they did. Set up, they set up a good Kobe storyline, too. So, yeah. so um, he needs to stop beating up on the Browns so much because the Browns have earned my respect. Well, they've burned somebody's. They, let's see them make the playoffs or have a winning season before they earn anybody else's. Hey, so. If it wasn't for the kicker, they might have had a winning season this year. Might have. No, they were still only won six games. You have to win two more, three more to get a winning season. Uh, all right. So then you have the Boss and Hug Connection, the very first WWE, oh, sorry, Raw, no, 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 Women's Tag Team Championship title defense. That's right. This thing was four this weeks This was ago. the match we've been talking about all night. The innovative, creative, <laughs> just nonstop action. It was jaw dropping. Well, there was definitely some innovation. There was some innovation in here, but the thing is, these there hasn't been a title defense yet, and we've seen Bailey and Sasha bring it to NXT. We've seen them fight for some stupid reason in classic WWE fashion. They've been fighting in solo matches. They really got to knock that off when you're trying to set up a, t- a women's tag team division. Don't have them fighting as, in singles matches. That, that makes no sense. It really raw. is. But that just doesn't even make sense right now. Like, I get it for the other. Like, we know that men's mat titles. Okay. You want to do it there? Fine. The, we're establishing these things. Have them win, but whatever. We're here. Bailey and Sasha, Nia and Tamina, and this match was a rough, rough go. Uh, I, I got to give admit, my. I did laundry during a good portion of this <laughs> match. I saw the beginning, I saw the end. Well, I'll say this. I didn't see Every... really anything in the middle. You've said this from day one. Sasha Banks is, is a glorified, like, um, what's the word I'm looking like? Uh, stunt, stunt, not double, but uh, the person who takes stunts because she just throws her body around. She's going to hurt oh, she's herself. She's a stunt woman. She's crazy. Yeah, something. She, Thank you. She does a little bit too much. And this match, she definitely did. And Nia Jax was a fool. And no offense to Mina. I, I, it's it's not healthy, her in that ring. She is going to harm somebody. She, her timing is really weird. So at one point, she has Sasha Banks up for a, a Samoan drop and tries to throw her to Nia Jax. And if you watch this, everyone's probably going to say this is a botch on Nia Jax's part. I think not. So, so what happens is she throws her. Nia Jax kind of like falls trying to pick, grab her. I think Nia Jax actually went to a knee to try to help Sasha. God forbid if she were like fall and not like try to grab her neck while the rest of her body's swinging down. Long story short, she gets her up, 
gives her the move, and it's like, oh, that's ugly. Bailey came to rescue this match several times. So at one point, Sasha tries to do like a suicide dive on the outside. Tamina misses catching her again. She makes a mistake, and then Bailey comes diving out from that middle rope as we were talking about Samoa Joe. I'm sorry, Samoa Joe did middle rope. She did the bottom rope dive, and well, just yes. w- wipes out both Nia and Tamina. That looked really good. I thought Bailey really, for the first time in a long time, has shined, and especially like I feel like she gets what position she's in in this company and knows that if she doesn't take advantage of this she's not going to get another solo run or, or a you know a title run in her future and she really yeah, looked like someone who got it she's been lackluster the last i don't know two years i feel like but in yeah. nxt she was a beast so yeah. hopefully she's back to being a beast and, and i think sasha we saw Banks that should be, uh, yeah absolutely sasha Banks should be outlawed from her suicide dive <laughs> through the middle because it never works out well ever no, and then eventually Bailey hits uh, Nia Jax with an amazing Hurricane Rana, like really vicious looking one. Those usually moves aren't oh, super vicious. We actually saw one earlier in the match before, again, just to go back. Andrade got was on top of R Truth's shoulders, and Ray hits oh, him with Hurricane Rana. On the, top of. Oh. Yeah, the way like Andrade like hit the mat, I was like, oh, that looks really like rough. And this is the same way it looked here. And, you know, Nia's a big lady, and Bailey rolls her up for the pin, they get the win. Liked it. Then after the match, you get the heels doing what heels do, just destroying. This is like a Bret Hart match. They Hang just destroy. Yeah, go ahead. All right. We have to break this down because Uh-oh. Nia Jax does the people's leg drop. Did oh, my that? God. That happened after, though. <laughs> well, that yeah, that's, that's during the beatdown. Yeah, well, that right. was after. But first, they beat the crap out of Sasha and Bailey. They take Sasha Banks. Again, this is with that reckless abandon. This is not the time, Sasha, to be reckless. But you do it after the match, fine. She just gets thrown over the table, announcer's table, into the barricade. Just looked like, just like she's a, like, I don't know, a, a pillow. The way you throw a pillow. And then, um, I forgot to say, Beth Phoenix was on commentary throughout this match. She steps in Nia Jax's oh, face. Snooze news. Oh, she gets in Tamina's face. Tamina gets pushed down. Then Nia Jax wallops uh, Beth Phoenix. And Beth Phoenix's phone comes out, which, first of all, they should have thrown the X up. They should have stopped the match because you don't want to crack your phone. All right? Let's be honest. A phone comes out. Everyone should stop. Pause the match. Also, here comes another tag team match for you at WrestleMania play. This night was presented. This night was presented by Teddy Long's memory. Okay, (laughs) this is fucking absurd. If they get a tag team match at WrestleMania, which it looks like, why else would you? Why why else would you do it? Why else? Tomorrow night. We'll get it tomorrow night. I don't know if Beth Phoenix is showing up to SmackDown. Well, it's Raw, but. Save it for SmackDown for all I care. So, yeah, Natalia comes running out. By the way, Natalia, and we don't have to get into all this all the time, but she looked awesome. She looked like, oh, yeah. a, a, she looked like a little sex fiend. She was wearing a oh, real nice looking like shirt. A, yeah, she always looks like the newly divorced cougar that's like a little bit older. <laughs> but she just, she always wears that like outfit, that like very not flattering outfit for her body type. And oh, if you follow her on Instagram or Twitter, well, that she's was a, a beautiful but, woman. She, her no, no, of ring course, attire but, is not flattering. No, she's like, it's like I always joke about Nikki Bella in ring attire, very, very attractive. Nikki Bella in regular clothes, like, meh, body's a little bit tough for some of the clothes she wears. Now, Brie Bella in wrestling attire, not for me. Brie Bella in regular, like, fashionable clothes, very good looking. And I'd say the same there for uh, Natalia. She came out with this very thin black top. Ooh, she had it going on. But she gets attacked by... Um, Wait, you don't think Nikki Bella looks good in regular clothes? She, she always wears like these weird dresses that, I don't know, She's she's got really high shoulders for me. It's Real like when John Cena wears a suit. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, d- does he it looks look right? so weird. He always looks like looks a toy. Like a, yeah, he, he looks crazy in a suit because he's yeah. so huge. Yeah, he's just a massive human being. Um, so then, yeah, so... Tamina and Nia Jax beat down on Beth Phoenix and Natalia. You smell WrestleMania. I don't think there's enough room, especially if we're going to have these Royal Rumbles, so our Battle Royals. I think that's going to happen tomorrow night. I think it's the same thing like we saw with Jeff Jarrett and Elias. Strike while the iron's hot and just get the match out. Uh, it gives a lot of heat to them. They get their heat back. The championship remains on the faces. Overall, okay. I'm into it. All right. Well, we're missing out on the people's leg drop here. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Please right, break it down. So- this was ridiculous. So she did it. I mean, it looked like she was mocking it, but she's a heel. The Rock's her cousin, so I think she was paying homage. Now, what is one of the best parts besides the slide of the people's elbow? It's that crazy leg kick that he does before. Yes. Now, if you're going to do a leg drop, it should 
it, that's what it should be. You should do that crazy leg drop and then drop a leg. She did some weird like arm movement, like she was doing a jig and just <laughs> dropped a leg. It was embarrassing. I she felt al- I felt embarrassed. She Not almost for her. For you, for me, for me as a fan, (laughs) she almost knocked Tamina off the side of the ring because Tamina had no idea. Tamina has the lowest ring like awareness I've seen in a long time, especially in this current WWE where it's that's like the one thing you can say about almost everybody there. They're so seasoned. Every that's why like WWE is really like a great product to watch now because when you watch, especially these events, forget about a RAW, forget about the promos, forget about all like the explosions and all the fun that wrestling had. Just watching the in-ring talent is insane. But this, like, Tamina is, like, lost out there. She almost got not. When you're talking about the people's leg drop, if you watch when Naya goes off the second rope, like, she goes off one side, then goes the other, she almost, Tamina's, like, right there. This woman is a big woman coming at you and almost went flying off the side of the ring. Get it oh, together. Yeah. She does not deserve to be in these matches, and that's why, like, have you seen what Peyton and Billy have been doing on Oh, they were a part media? of the pre-show and had a great little part where she they interrupted the, the pre-show panel and said that they want to be the tag team champions. And they did their whole thing. They did the iconic. They did the pose. Great. Great mic work. But that's what they're good at. Yeah, they're great at that. And they could lead a feud into WrestleMania and not Bailey and Sasha, who aren't that great on the mic. And no. Naya and Tamina. I didn't know Tamina spoke. Like, I'm sure she was capable of it, but I thought she was just one of those characters who literally never spoke. And when she spoke the other week, I was flabbergasted. Yeah, she did did the voice boxing like Kane. I'm here. She's so bad. All right. This is the next match match (laughs) tonight. So this, I think you have, we'll see. Well, maybe once we get to wrap it up, then uh, we have three more matches. We'll see what we can break down what we think is the match of the night. But we have the WWE Championship, Daniel Bryan defending against Kevin Owens. And oh, Vince McMahon earlier in the night said, it's a triple threat. So you're thinking, is it still a triple threat? The commentator said, is this still a triple threat? Then Mustafa Ali came out like Rey Mysterio at number 30 in the 2014 Royal Rumble. Boo City. Not because Mustafa Ali deserves to be booed. Because first of all, this match is a disaster at this point. But everybody wanted Kofi. And the chants were loud for Kofi Kingston once the bell rang. So you have Daniel Bryan, who's facing Kevin Owens for no reason. Because Vince McMahon said so. And Kevin Owens is a face. Then we add another face, Mustafa Ali. So Daniel Bryan's the bad guy, but really should have all the sympathy because he's fighting guys that he is not prepared for, and there's no reason for either one of them to have a title match. Yeah, I mean, it was weird, but I think they played it off. Again, I'm going to go back to the thing of if you build up Vince McMahon as a character in the back, like being like, we can't have these people in these matches. Kofi can't be in this match. We need to add excitement, blah, 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 blah. But they pulled it off anyways because when Mustafa Ali came out and it was a triple threat and I was like, yeah, this is a fatal four-way now? And it wasn't. I was like, all right, now this is fucking cool. Yeah. And you're adding more to it. You're making Kofi even a bigger underdog. You're getting the crowd. Because I was worried that like once they moved it to WrestleMania, they weren't going to be able to keep the steam behind Kofi. Agreed. I think that does this super effective because you give it another week. And I think, you know, you wanting Kofi to say something, I think when he finally flips out, it's going to mean even more. So I'm very happy about the way this is going. I agree with you with that. But I just think this, this title match is, it's like, talk about diluting what the championship should stand for. It's just you have guys going for it that literally have no reason to be in championship matches. But this is why it makes sense at the end of the day. You just said this is all a real heat-seeking missile to get the crowd behind Kofi King and even more that worked and you get an outstanding like I cannot wait to see the Meltzer star rating on a match like this Daniel Bryan this was five stars in my oh opinion. it's gotta be it's gotta be a six stoner if you like or at least five and a half for me if we go individual but Daniel Bryan always good might have been at his best in this match because he had two guys oh. that were going all out from the get go of this match he stepped it up in a big way. They all he stepped did. it up in this match. There were so many great, unique moves. The 450 splash on the apron, my fucking word. I mean, yeah. that you always hear that it's the hardest part of the ring. You know that it's the hardest part of the ring. And, like, the the amount of space you have to land that is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, he fucking it, it, nailed it. 
he would need to be precise, and Mustafa Ali nailed that move. Mustafa Ali also nailed several crazy moves throughout this match. We hit the always Spanish seen... fly that was like a two and a half count. On I mean, like that was in the middle of the match. It was, and he nailed it on on Daniel Bryan up at the top. And Daniel Bryan, there's still like a sensitivity to him taking these crazy moves. And in this match, there was no disregard. There hasn't been like go back to the Brock Lesnar match, but there's just still something when I'm watching him, like how special this is, and like at any moment could this just come to an end? This match looked like it could have come to an end for all three of these opponents at different uh you oh, know kevin th- owens when he did that flip over the top like his so, uh, front flip i thought he oh, hit his face well, he, on the announce table yeah so kevin owens at one point you have mustafa ali and daniel bryan on the outside and mustafa ali just did a crazy you know jump on the outside for like the 500th time and kevin owens was that when then, he did the moonsault off yes, the top Yes. That's fucking ridiculous. So and Kevin, he landed like a stud. Yeah, and then Dale Bryan nails. It, it was just great. And then Kevin Owens sees a Rowan on the outside who has interfered and has saved Daniel Bryan's title once or twice in this match. And he goes to do what uh, I call it, the because in the corner he calls it the cannonball, so I call it the over-the-top cannonball, where he basically runs. He's probably 265 pounds, grabs yeah. a top rope. Easily more. Oh, we'll just ballpark it. He looks like he's lost a couple LBs since he's come back. And he flies over the top, hits Rowan basically in the shoulder area, and goes propelling outside of it in between two tables. I'm talking in the space of maybe four feet in between these two tables and just his body just goes flying if that if he's about to hit any of those if he's in any other area his face is smashing one of those tables and yeah, he might have been like paralyzed if he had smacked his face coming from a front flip at that speed onto oh. like the corner of the announce table he was very lucky it was but, he was extremely lucky and then that was basically you think he's done and like eric rowan's the one selling that but he basically pops right up kevin owens and you could tell i don't know if it's just adrenaline if he was a little scared he's all fired up and then daniel bryan hits him with a running knee off the side of the ring gets back in the ring with mustafa ali another f- almost three count then mustafa ali comes back to the outside kevin owens hits him with the uh, pop-up powerbomb onto the side of the ring and then you have um kevin i'm sorry uh rowan again comes in and plays a factor when uh, kevin owens is taken out of the match picks up daniel bryan like a baby places him back in the ring he eventually uh first off you get a kick out by Mustafa Ali, you think that would be the match? First of all, Sami Zayn was once taken out for like months. They had like wrestlers being hurt by this move. Now it's you kick out of on a two count, and then Mustafa Ali goes to the opposite corner of Daniel Bryan, getting ready to do like a backflip, whatever we'll call it, crazy move. Daniel Bryan jumps about ten feet in the air. It looked like to hit him with his running knee, knocks out. Um, Mustafa Ali for the three count. Daniel Bryan retains his title in some of the craziest moves. Oh, it was awesome. And again, one my only minus for this match, and it might take it down from being a five star or a six stoner by like, you know, I'll give it like six and one ninth stones or nine tenths stones, is that, okay, when you're doing a Stone Cold Stunner, again, another move from my youth. And I'm going to stress this to everybody. So wrestlers, if you're out there and you're listening, listen. Oh, listen. One, Kevin Owens, jump into the stunner a little bit. Give it a little bit of pizzazz. And then, for anybody taking it, take a page out of Scott Hall or The <laughs> Rock's fucking book. Just sell it a little bit. Don't, like, if you're going to sell it on your feet, sell it like Scott Hall. If not, go to the knees and give me something. Because that's the Stone Cold fucking stunner. And it looks like just kind of a move. You need to make that thing look perfect uh, and I, I know I did it with the uh, the people's light drop if, if you're breaking a move from my youth that was fucking one of the best you gotta make it one of the best but this match yeah. other than that fucking flawless yeah it was it really was it was a great match and then we got uh, do we no, then we go right into the uh, Becky Lynch Charlotte Flair match where if Becky Lynch wins she's heading to Wrestlemania to face Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair because for some reason Charlotte Flair is just in this match you know, it was originally supposed to be where it was just Becky and Ronda, and then Becky got suspended, and then Charlotte's in, and then Becky's suspension's lifted, but Charlotte's still in. Anyways, so uh, this just proved that Charlotte Flair was in the plan since day one, and Becky Lynch clearly wasn't. And this match was bizarre, but I will say the lead up to the match, the pre match promo, awesome. It was like a WrestleMania style promo, just not involving Ronda Rousey. Ronda. I, 
I thought Which the smart production because that made no fucking sense. Oh yeah, it was it was WrestleMania level quality. It was like the voiceover where like it seemed like I was watching you know when he I know you talk about it all the time like Game of Thrones. Obviously Becky Lynch's accent helped, but just like her voiceover with no music, then dramatic music being added. It was really really great great promo by WWE. And then we get a match that Becky Lynch. I don't know how long this injury is going to last. Like, are we? Is this really what we're going to be seeing for the next four weeks? Like, no. can can I mean, she go? She can't be that actually injured, or they would never let her actually compete. So there's no way she's this injured. But They're my point is, are we going to keep seeing this though? Like, is there ever going to be like, okay, I'm a hundred percent. Like, she hasn't no, fought no, in a match no, because she's going to win it being somewhat an underdog. I will say though, she looked pretty good in this match. She was giving it her all, unlike the Oscar match. The only thing that pissed me off, and uh, we were talking about it on the uh, knocker chat that we have. I'll take a swig. Whoa. Um, knocker chat? What the hell is a knocker chat? Uh, so we're on Twitter, and we oh. have a little group chat. So we were. Oh, this is cute. You know, we were, uh, you know, typing it up during this match. It's like, if you're going to have Ronda Rousey, I mean, not Ronda Rousey, if you're going to have Becky Lynch out there hobbling around with one leg, make it a little quicker. Like, this match went on way too long for Charlotte Flair, who's fucking awesome. Yeah, but maybe the best wrestler in the too business. Long, yeah, to take this long to beat up a one legged Becky Lynch, no matter how good. You know, somebody is, as JRs would say, it's like a one legged man in an ass kicking contest. You're not yeah. gonna last that long. So if the whole plan was to have Ronda come out and do that, have her come out and do that three minutes into the match, not however long it was. That was a rather long match. It was but basically a handicap match. In in a sense, and Zach Gow wasn't even involved. And yeah, Becky Lynch with this one leg, they really attacked the Charlotte Flair. At one point, and I don't know if you saw what I saw, but at one point, Charlotte kind of slipped and stepped on Becky Lynch's face, like actually, like like had her face, like her foot on her face, which was supposed to happen, I would assume. Oh, is this when they went back and forth with like the kick to the the butt and well, like the kick she, to the leg? She like slipped on her face, and she definitely like stepped on, yeah. like put pressure. So then Charlotte goes to the top rope, and before she puts her second foot on the top rope Becky already had pushed her and I'm like that is not safe these two look like there's a little something going on here maybe I'm reading too far between the lines or between the ropes no I saw that I saw the exact same I just try that again in English I saw the exact same (laughs) yeah I saw the exact same thing that you did where I was like Ooh, that didn't look good. Ooh, it, that was a real shot from Becky. Ooh, that was a real shot from Charlotte. Yeah. It was like one of those, like, I think they call it uh, a potato and a receipt in wrestling, <laughs> yes. like where uh, you hit somebody a little too hard and they give you the receipt for it. Yeah, I think they worked themselves into a little bit of a shoot, and it made me think, I don't know where we're going with this story, and I know Ronda, like, there's all that shoot type of stuff on the internets and on Twitter, but I wonder if Charlotte and Becky, like, let's be real, there's going to be some real competitive stuff going on behind the scenes like Becky wants this more than anything Charlotte's kind of been in this position and she wants it obviously more than anything to be if there's really going to be a Wrestlemania main event and we all know Ronda Rousey's the reason to have that make the actual main event so they both want to be in there I wonder if we get in the little Bret Hart you know Shawn Michaels not to the level of sabotage or you know harming each other's well-being but like I feel like we might have saw a little of that spill out in the ring tonight and, and that kind of actually got me a little more invested in this match where these stories have gotten have been so up and down over the last few weeks the road to wrestlemania has led us to some real shady areas for the becky lynch story but i thought this was a good way to get it back and then just when charlotte flair looks like she's gonna have becky lynch done toast ronda comes steaming down the ring wearing what like talk about a potato potato sack for a shirt i don't know what she was All wearing black, so heel baby it was, it yeah, was she, just like they just flipped the switch on her in like a week yeah, she just comes down, gets in the ring, punches Becky Lynch lightly in the chest, <laughs> doesn't even try to hurt her, goes in the corner, you hear the, the bellkeeper, disqualification, Becky Lynch is the winner, going to WrestleMania, Charlotte is just stunned. And I thought this was really well done for one reason is that Ronda wanted to face Becky. Becky wants to face her. That's all they both wanted. And Ronda is back to like the roots of like, I just want like, if you want to fight me, like I want to fight you. You've been talking a lot of crap. Let's do it. And then Charlotte gets kind of shoehorned in. And now we're kind of, now I feel like we're finally there. We're finally at the position where everyone hates each other. Let's have, let's see what happens. But we still have four weeks. Yeah. I mean, they've screwed this thing up four or five different times now, the way they booked it, where She's suspended. We're reinstating her because it's best for business. I'm dropping the title. It's it's so ridiculous. And at this point, they've ruined what I thought could be a good main event. I mean, the story's somewhat back on track. But bleh. the main thing that I'm kind of 
worried about now is the treatment of Ronda Rousey, what they're doing, because you know for a fact WWE had her cut that promo where she said, don't break kayfabe, Ronda. Wrestling's fake, blah, 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 blah. Like, they purposely put that out there. Oh, I think all this stuff is is a little WWE tie into it one way or the other. But I think they did that in the hopes that, like, news sites would come out and report that, oh, Ronda Rousey is saying wrestling's fake, and nobody did that. And oh, so I think I think conspiracy theory. Yeah, I think they're You know how you said this match could only happen because Ronda Rousey was there, that's the only reason it would be the main event? Yes. I think you could do it with Charlotte and Becky at this point. You could at this point, Bill, but there was no way you go rewind the clock it's twelve months that a women's main event would be Becky and Charlotte. At, like just the aura of the match wouldn't they would never do that. I don't think that decision would be made. I agree, but Becky be- became the man on SmackDown without Ronda, and I think if Ronda had never entered this scenario, I think we'd probably be at a similar point where we are right now, just because those two are so good. And I think even even on one leg, I I could clearly see that everybody kind of steps up their game to face Charlotte Flair, mm. because Becky was bringing it in a hundred percent more. Like she was bringing it way more tonight than she did against Oscar. Slightly hurt, you know. Yes. Like it was just Charlotte Flair is a big deal, and I think this match now, the, like the way they booked it and the way Ronda's been so bad on the mic, I'd prefer it just to be them too. Even well, I've seen then, it a million times. And then we get into Rossi Pet Peeve City because we get the graphic as soon as like we're not even done with the segment of the match. You know, Ronda's kind of gloating; she's kind of like has that swagger back. Charlotte's infuriated. Ronda's just like, "This is it. Peace out." She's running away, or she's walking up the ramp, and then you get the graphic of. The three of them in the WrestleMania graphic. It's like, come on. Like, at least make me believe. I don't know. I've, I've always had that issue where it's like, as soon as a match is done, the graphics there, it's like, that just makes me feel even more. Like, let the announcers just say it. Come let the, on. I'm just, you know, you that bothers me. Graphics work. I make two. Like, over the weekend, I understand. When the oh, I know how graphics the, the work. The Green Bay Packers. I make one <laughs> Patriots win with Tom Brady fist pumping. Then I make one with Aaron Rodgers Packers win fist pumping. And then you just immediately put up. Whichever one happens. I get it. It just it may, gives me that little bit of the feel of like we obviously people knew and who was gonna win. It just takes a little bit of that. That's just me. That's my pet peeve. I, I understand how it works, but it's just uh, I don't know. That bothers me. So then we get <laughs> That's our such a little. I mean, I have a ton of pet peeves, so I get it. And then we get our final Elias promo of the night. Elias again digging into this Cleveland crowd, which no one has cared more about Cleveland in a long time. Or if you didn't know where you were, just wait for Elias to get on there. He is interrupted by the one, the only Lacey Evans, which I'm getting into her music the more it plays. I don't even need to see her in the ring. I just like that. She's been the best book new talent they have. <laughs> Especially for a female. So she comes doing her little trunts down the ring looking like a, a good old girl. Uh, you know, her kind of throwback to the, I don't know, what is that, the 20s kind of style. And she uh, comes down, <laughs> doesn't make it to the mat. She has yet to touch the mat since the Royal Rumble. Turns around, leaves, and Elias just kind of befuddled by her. RKO out of nowhere. This RKO looked like I thought he was shot out of a cannon, literally. His legs were higher than his head. He just came flying out. I mean, Randy Orton always gives the greatest RKOs out of nowhere. Not to be, uh, it wasn't better than the Hulk Hogan on the uh, cab oh, or whatever it was. That's my favorite. But uh, then AJ Styles, cool as the other side of the pillow. And I don't yeah. mean that in a good way. I mean that uh, in uh, he's so fucking cold right now. Comes yes. out, gives him the... Uh, the phenomenal forearm. The hits phenomenal Aaron forearm. Which made me kind of go, why? Whatever. It just proves that the Randy over Randy Orton RKO is so over that it really should have just been AJ who jumped it because Elias is a heel. Randy Orton right now is a heel. AJ's a face. You just give AJ, get his music, everyone's excited. But I did like how it was jumping around a little bit. There was a lot of this in a night like tonight where there was a lot of, you didn't really quite know where we were going next. But I thought, yeah, AJ Styles is really cooled off. I, I'm going to be really interested to see if they're still going to go in the direction of an AJ Styles, Randy Orton one-on-one, which will be a really good match. But it's just going to be one of those matches at a WrestleMania card that, hey, for all we know, could steal the show. But at the same time, doesn't have the build where we have all these matches now with, which, with at least steam around them in this build to WrestleMania. So I we'll see where we go. And then we get the shield the return of the shield first coming out baron oh, you corbin mean the monday night raw main event this yeah this is a monday night raw main event this is a six-man tag no it was and... a six-man tag but this was a special six-man tag bill because no, for the last time ever 
ever. No, it's not. They didn't break up. They, they're going to be back together on Monday. They'll I was just going to say, again. This could, we could see this tomorrow. So, uh, But it was for the last time ever because if you didn't know, Dean Ambrose has decided to not renew his contract. Did you hear I've about this, that. Bill? I heard that. Oh, if you I didn't, Michael Cole times. told you a couple times. You know, said it, Corey Dave, Graves a few oh. times. And Renee Young said she refuses to talk about the subject. Oh, okay. I wish she would just refuse to talk. Uh, yeah, it's it's been a rough go for poor. You just the whole thing was it was nice for a night two man booth. WWE simplify yourself two man booth. We don't need the third person just with like random comments. Sometimes it's Corey Graves. Oh, sometimes it's, it's Renee Young. No, every single third person sucks. Yeah, and we said this sucked. It's a tough, lot. It's a tough job to do. You just can't do it. And it's no, even we, worse when you have Beth Phoenix out there being the fourth person. In. No, that was just way too much. Point. We have. Renee Young, maybe the best since Mean Gene, and I will stand by that as a backstage interviewer, someone you care about, someone that actually shows good emotion when something happens. Like tonight, after Shane McMahon did that attack, I don't even know who that Johnny come lately was in the backstage area with him, but she had no emotion. She's like, oh, hello, Shane. Can you explain your actions to us tonight for when you attacked the Miz and his father? And he looks yeah. at her. He had the best reaction. He must have been thinking what I was thinking. Like, who the hell are you? Get out of here. Where's Renee Young? Give me somebody that, like, back there that has presence and feeling and emotion and somebody you care about. They're just doing these faceless women back there, these, like, models. Ah, anyways, we're getting off track. But the Shield uh, match, you got Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre all making their entrance. And then the long pause because this crowd at this point they're out there for four hours and then it's like wait for it wait for it boom Pierre tail echo shield i love it and i i'm a big shield mark i said it last week when they're coming back this week i love 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 the shield and they're fine oh get out of here they're fine they're the best faction in the longest time and they're always giving me goosebumps these guys are the coolest like i think them as a whole is is just great and it was so good to see they get in the ring and the first thing i noticed with this match was snooze city oh absolutely not are you serious snooze city besides seth rollins jumping off the thing and roman reigns getting the hot tag there, there was nothing it was, I, it was boring. See, I, oh, I hate that word. You know, you're just trying to set me off. I got to stop hating. Uh, but I will say I completely disagree. I thought there were so many high points in this match. I thought the actual, which oddly enough, Baron Corbin looked like a star in this match. Like for some reason, he was the guy they kept giving all like the big moves and the big false finishes to. Um, one thing that really frustrated me, they take out Seth Rollins. They take out Roman Reigns. Dean Ambrose then gets taken out on the outside and they're going for a count out. And there's... Bobby uh, Baron Corbin in the ring, and you just this match took place outside with no countouts after that. Well, they well hold on, wait, don't jump to the to the point. But Dean Ambrose is there with two guys on the opposite team. Why don't they just hold him down and wait for the ten count? And then he gets back in. They're all like, "Oh, he got back in." And then the rest of the match, literally from that point on, there was never a one count, and ninety percent of the match was on the outside, which I loved it. I loved all the action. I thought there was this is one of those matches like going back to the shield of before they prior to the original breakup where there's just taking people all over the crowd there's brawls there's fighting there's all over the place i thought the match was great i i i just couldn't Smash take my eyes had off no it stakes it, That's, it, does, it, it doesn't it this, didn't matter it was, was the last time you'll ever see the shield together bill the I last time but the shields the shield is one of the they most broken up and got back more times than freaking chandler and fucking what's her name on i think it's ross uh, and rachel ross and rachel you're like ross and rachel i was going for chandler and uh and the, uh, with the annoying voice no the girl with the annoying voice uh janice. monica monica janice oh janice, janice. oh wow <laughs> chandler like, they, they they got back together unceremoniously like uh, what six months ago like uh, give me a break i don't give a fuck like, Roman Reigns is the story. Like, I'm glad he fucking got the pin. But other than that, like, it was a Raw main event. I was, I kept reaching at my remote being like, why can't I fast forward this? Why is this not a Raw main uh, event? Why am man, I not this is why we can't have nice things. Exit? This is why we can't have nice things. I thought it was, I what, thought it was interesting that they gave him the main event spot, but now I get it. It was a feel-good moment. It was great. It's what I love about wrestling. It doesn't always have to be, like, the biggest stakes. It was just a match with a moment. Like, I feel like those guys being together for everything that they've meant to this company since they've debuted and for this to potentially be the end of that and to know that we have Seth Rollins heading into a championship match. Dean Ambrose do we? had— We do? Who yeah, is he fighting? He's fighting Brock Lesnar for the WWE Who's Championship. Brock Lesnar? He's a WWE champion. He's, what's the WWE Championship? I thought it was. I'm sorry. Else. I'm sorry. He's the Universal Champion. What does that thing look like? It's a red belt that everyone booed when it debuted. 
It's basically oh. a carbon copy of all their titles, but it's just red for some reason. So we're, at the, we're on the road to WrestleMania. We've been on the road for WrestleMania, yeah. unfortunately, and this is called Fastlane. And that was one of the worst things. They end the night and they go, now we're officially on the road to WrestleMania. I'm like, nope, you've been there for about yeah, a long time. You got, you got 27 days. Yeah, it's going to happen quick. But I thought overall the action was great. I thought Dean Ambrose, oddly enough, like he, he kind of stood out to me as like doing a lot of the big moves in this match. Again, it's weird. It's like this guy's leaving, and they gave him a lot of moments in this match. At and then, this point, is he leaving? I, I'm going to just follow it through until the end. I could. They've, they've kayfaved it so much now, and they never talk about people leaving. I know. God, and, I hope he does. I don't want to see him anymore. Well, and it'd be I, good for his career. But I think what they're either going to do is one of two things. Yes, he's really leaving. Or B, they could try to maybe reenact in a different way this the CM Punk storyline where it's like we've been talking about a lady. He hasn't renewed his contract. And maybe he does something kind of wonky at WrestleMania or right after WrestleMania that can spark something really big and grab the attention of, you know, the casual fans of Cut you know, carry on. Maybe he could do something because I think if there's anybody from since like a CM Punk when it comes to like the Mike skills and a little bit of that chaos is given the It's after- not Demi Ambrose. It's not him at all. No, it he's is. Terrible. No, it is. Because no. if, if you bad give promo. if you if you give him the opportunity, bad wrestler, bad, wrestler, bad promo. All right. That, well, that, mediocre wrestler. I completely disagree on both parts, but that's fine. But I think if there's anybody that is in the company that they could potentially do something like that with, it's Dean Ambrose. There's no, no, it's not. Who was who there? Who's somebody else that you think could just they could go in that kind of like where they've already lined up that he could be leaving? I don't know the good people. Well, like in that exact scenario where people are leaving, I don't know, no one. But like in the scenario of people who are as talented as him, there's like four people and he's not even close. Well, who? who? Give me an example. Well, Randy Orton. Uh, you think Randy Orton at this point Owens. in his career that people would care about Randy Orton doing something like that? Yeah, more so than Dean Ambrose. Yeah, I disagree. Kevin I, think, Owens. I don't think you you know how popular Dean Ambrose really is and how over I think people like the. I think he's one of those guys that connects with an audience different than most people. Mm-hmm. Well, this is this we could we could go on for days, but nonetheless, the, the Shield ends up winning victorious. I thought they had a great uh, triple power bomb on. It was it Drew McIntyre? They put through the table, and then the crowd exploded. They just did that one more time, one more. I love that. Totally into them. And then they, I always think it's funny. I don't know if you find this funny, that when they surround the ring to attack somebody, there's only three of them. So that leaves one part of the ring where you can easily just run out. But yeah, since but the they'd mo- be able to get you. But you know, but it's just funny because they get on the ring and you're like, oh, and then they there was the this is awesome chance going, and Baron Corbin could have easily just tried to run one direction, at least give himself buy himself some time, and said they come in, completely pummel him, super kick, Superman punch, dirty deeds into the triple power bomb, shield bomb for the win. Roman Reigns you know, gets it. You know what I really wanted to happen was I wanted to <laughs> have him have pre teared his sleeves and tear them off to make it like a vest. And like pretend like he was part of the shield, and like put it put his fist in, like yeah. be like, "Hey guys, I'm cool," and then they do it because honestly, like at least at least add some sort of form of comedy. Honestly, that, that would have been great. Like if he said like he's leaving, he's leaving. He takes the sleeves off and he puts the yeah. fist. Like I'm in, I'm with you guys. That that would have been good. <laughs> And that would have yeah. fit his character too, so yeah. Uh, so yeah. Then the Shield get the win. We we head out. You see a very emotional Seth Rollins. He's just an emotional man. You, you could tell this was the end. The embrace that the three of them had, um, and then we get the the perfect pan shot of the Shield putting their fists together. You see the WrestleMania sign, and we are now officially on Except the road for that to WrestleMania. Dean Ambrose putting his fucking bicep up. Yeah, he had a flex. In front of the Come w. on. He's huge. Give me that flex. Stop. Always All right. shit. <laughs> so before we head out of here, let's uh, let's quickly, Bill. What was your? What would you say your mark out moment of the night was? What was your favorite moment of the night? Uh, probably the Mustafa Ali four fifty. I was fucking shocked by that. That was crazy. Yeah, for that me, was, it's, uh, that was up there. I also like the the was it the six thirty by Ricochet after the match. My God, that guy is yeah. just. He almost he. he uh, he almost as didn't make my, it. Well, yeah, as my buddy Nestle said, he Jeff Hardy the uh, ending where he just fucking put it all on the guy. Oh, yeah. Like, well, I think when you're doing that, 6.30, you're, you're turking your body three times. Like, there's no way else, anybody else. Luckily, he's no, probably he usually only— usually he's able to, yeah, glance it a little bit, though. All right. Then what about your no-sell least favorite moment of the night? Oh, the— Probably the Mandy match, and I have to because I can't say it was the Bailey match because I didn't watch the whole thing. <laughs> but the Mandy match was just, and I love Mandy. It was just, meh. Yeah, Did for not me, kill it. 
I want to say it was going to be Elias till the end, like it paid off with the third segment. I thought we were going to get Finn Balor. I thought you were just going to get like a different face there. But um, yeah, for me, it might have just been Tamina. Tamina was just rough tonight. I just couldn't. I don't know. I, I wouldn't get her. I, I, I got issues with her. And then let's give it to it. The Stone rating, one out of six. What are you giving it? Or zero to six? Um. So I thought SmackDown did a lot of good stuff. I mean, it was basically a SmackDown pay per view. Um, they did a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of good matches. Were all the good matches SmackDown matches? No, actually, I'm sorry. I'm also going to take my least favorite thing to when the Shane turned on the Miz. I hated that, and it was terrible. Uh, I just blocked that shit out. That was awful. And <laughs> Vince McMahon's acting was pretty bad. Uh, not a great night for the McMahon family. But yeah, I don't know. I would say it gets three point seven. 3.7. Very interesting uh, rating. I'm going to go with a pretty hard 3.5. I thought the high points were high. The low points are pretty low. And overall, a fine pay-per-view. I think, like you said, it was a fine pay-per-view. But I love the yeah. Shield. Love those guys. You would. I, I sure would. Love me some Dean Ambrose. So that will wrap it up for us. This week, we'll be back later in the week with the best and worst of Stone Cold Steve Austin because this coming Saturday is 316. So you got to celebrate it. Maybe we'll stun each other. Who knows? We'll have a riot. And then we're going to be counting down the best WrestleMania main events, the top 34, because there's only been 34 of them. We'll do it in a two-part series. And then we're right around the corner from our WrestleMania preview and prediction show. Unbelievable. That's fucking crazy. By the way, I've been slowly... Well, that's slowly. I actually knocked out like seven of them the other night, the uh, WrestleMania main events individually. The early ones are a lot better than you would remember I, or like that I've, you would give them credit for. Yeah, and that's it's going to be interesting where they all place. And, you know, we'll have a system so it's kind of, every, you know, all the voting kind of put together, not just me or you. So um, we'll do that. And then also... Uh, don't forget if you listen to us you've gotten this far we appreciate it subscribe where you find your podcast uh, you can share with your other wrestling fans let them know where we're out here we're doing it we're working hard for you people alright you know these are, these are two hard working men here and then you can also please rate us on iTunes give us a little rating you've listened we appreciate it just let us know what you think give it a, give it a 5 star if you can that's what we most appreciate but if you think it's less than 5 stars well, freaking tell us that alright tell us what you want more of tell us what you want but if you give us 5 star we'll give you a kiss Billy you slide into his DM so he'll give you a little smooch all right. Yeah, I'm down for that. Even if you're a guy. All right. So yeah. before we wrap this whole well, thing up. No, preferably women. I would take women. But whatever. Hey, it's 2019. you got to be open to it. And you're not Michael Jackson, right? That that guy. I don't know if you've seen no, that. Fine. No. Free, leaving oh, that Everland. Was, uh, it's horrifying. Horrifying. It's, it's not good. It is not good. I couldn't good. make it. Uh, I got... 50 minutes in and I was like I'm done I could never watch that by myself that's like I don't like playing water levels and video games by myself because they scare me that I could never watch that like I was watching with my with Din and uh, she's now away for, on uh, a business trip and I'm like oh maybe I'll watch it after the pay-per-view no way that is terrifying water levels not alone Michael Jackson special definitely not watching that alone yeah I think the water levels is still fake but that's just me fake yeah fake. it's fake <laughs> Oh, boy, we'll save this for another time. Fake. Fake fears. <laughs> fake fears. That's our next podcast name. It's actually a cool podcast name. All right, Billy, awesome job tonight. I hope you enjoyed Fastlane. It's fine. Frank says hi. <laughs>